device and you want to go ahead and, and get connected with us, there we go. Uh, open Find the Bible app. It's a little brown Bible uh, app if you have the smart device. Lower right-hand corner, press More. And halfway down, press Events. And then select uh, Casa View Assembly of God. And you'll find all of today's uh, handouts, announcements, everything will be on that. Be there for about a week and uh, let it be a blessing to you. Amen. In your bulletin, if you'll go ahead and find that today and uh, reach for this week's bulletin, not last week's bulletin, that'll help you. And you can pull out the uh, study guide. We'll get into that in just a moment. Also, in the, uh, in the bulletin, there are several things. There's a youth rummage sale. You want to avail yourself of that coming up. And you can bring things to the church. Uh, uh, Annalise will receive those, and, and Jonathan will receive those as well. And uh, notice there is a, a, a PJ party. That's next week. So if you see kids coming in, and they're wearing their PJs, they've been asked to do that next week. This, we haven't got sacrilegious. This is a special outreach that we're doing, right? Okay, she said yes, that's good. And uh, also, lastly, before we get into our study, there is a, uh, a countdown to Easter card. And if you know somebody that needs to be in church on Easter Sunday, go ahead and pull the, the, the pref area and fill out the name. Put it in the, the green box in the lobby. We're, we're praying over these people that God will give them an open heart to receive an invitation from you to come to a brunch. A free brunch on Easter Sunday morning, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection together, have a wonderful time, and there's activities for the kids as well. Incidentally, uh, I said one last thing, if you're a guest and you're worshiping with us, part of your bulletin is the connection card. If you have a prayer request for the pastor, this is your, the way you get it to me, and uh, I always prefer it in writing as well as verbal but uh, sometimes people tell me things in the hallway, and if I don't write it down, it's gone. And so uh, I write it down, give it to me. If you're a guest, to fill this out, take it to the Welcome Center, and we have a gift for all of our guests today. Amen. Let's get into our Bible study this morning. I'd like to begin with a little bit of humor first. Uh, I heard about a businessman who lived up in uh, Chicago, and uh, it was cold, cold, cold. There was snow, three or four feet of snow on the ground. And so he decided to take a vacation, he and his wife, and uh, they were going to Florida. They were going to be snowbirds. And so they left the, the north and headed to Florida, except he had to go uh, the first day, and his wife had an appointment, so she was going to meet him in Florida the next day. And so he goes down, and he checks in the hotel, and uh, so he sends his wife a email. But when he reached for the paper that he had written his wife's new email address on, he, he couldn't find the paper. And so he was trying to go by memory what her email was, and so he did his best to type in what he thought his wife's email was, but he missed it by one letter. And so, you know what happened? Yeah, his email was sent instead to another person. It was sent to an elderly preacher's wife whose husband had actually just passed away only the day before. And so when the grieving widow goes to check her email, she looks one look at the monitor, the display, and she lets out a scream, ah, and fainted on the floor. <laughs> 
And they heard her fall, and so the kids come running, and they rush around her, and then they see what was left on the screen. And it said simply this, Dearest wife, just got checked in. Everything prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Signed, your loving husband. P.S. It sure is hot down here. (laughs) I thought you would enjoy that. Well, today we continue in our theme for this year. Each year we have a different theme, and our theme this year is simply two words, growing together, growing together. And I'm not talking about overeating. I'm talking about spiritual growth, spiritual growth. And last week, we focused on God's process for spiritual growth. And in the Word of God, there is an analogy of a human growth cycle that parallels the spiritual growth cycle. And you can be a babe in Christ. Hello? You can become a child in Christ. You can become a carnal Christian. I don't encourage you to do that one. And uh, you can become a young man or young adult in Christ, young lady in Christ. And finally, you can reach the area of parenthood. And the scripture calls, fathers, provoke not your children unto wrath, raise them in fear and admonition of the Lord. And so there is that stage in the natural realm of development of maturity, but also that coincides with the spiritual realm of maturity. We talked about the process for growth. And then we got down, as we closed that message last time, we also focused on, well, how do you do it? How do you move from one stage to the next? And I talked about a farmer that had two seeds. And one seed sprouted up real quick. And the other one took a long, long time to develop. And after a few days, that one that had sprouted up so quick, it produced, I think, squash. And in a few weeks, it was gone and long forgotten. But that mighty oak tree took time to develop. And it stood the test of storms and weather and all. And it stood the test of time. And so the point is simply this. The Lord doesn't just want you to sprout up real quick and do, you know, all these great things for God and now you're suddenly mature. No, 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 no. It's the slow process day by day. It's what you do every day that's going to determine the level of growth in your life with God. And so for 40 days now, we have been involved in a spiritual growth challenge. And I've challenged you for the whole month of February, 29 days, and the last, uh, what, 11 days of January to devote yourself to 40 days of drawing near God and with personal daily devotions every day. Well, now that that cycle has ended and now we're in March, don't stop. Don't stop. Continue your daily time alone with God. Amen. Because that's how you're going to grow to the next level. Praise God. Well, today we're focusing on connecting with God. And on the handout that you see before you, the question is, are you connecting with God? And we're going to get into that in just a moment. 
I think that there's a vast difference between uh, sending... Uh, well, l- let me just say it this way. The other day, I went to one of my favorite restaurants. Annalise, what would it be? Favorite restaurant? McDonald's. McDonald's. That's right, she knows. <laughs> and how often do I go to McDonald's? Every day. Every day, okay. And, uh, <laughs> Amen. And the fish sandwich is what I feel particularly fond of. And, yeah. And I'll go down to McDonald's and get my fish sandwich. And and many times I'll bring it here to the church staff and we'll eat together. And they laugh at me for going to McDonald's. And uh, But at McDonald's, I noticed that inside there was was a family that had gathered in. I say family. They, They were four adults that were there. They were seated across from each other. I guess they were waiting on their food. And you know what they were doing? This. They were not looking at each other. They were not talking to each other. They were on their, 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 their phone. They were checking something. They were looking up something. They were texting somebody. And... Uh, And what I have observed is this is not an uncommon phenomenon. This happens in not only McDonald's, but it happens at El Phoenix too. I've noticed it there. And that's about as high end of a restaurant that I end up going to, it seems like. And... uh, but uh, the point is, is that we live in a society that people are becoming less and less connected with one another. And uh, the message today is, is, is focusing on the fact that we can do the same thing to God. And, and we come to God and say, God, I've got my prayer list. I, I need this, 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 and this. And some way we are bypassing connecting with God in intimacy. And I think that we need to connect face-to-face with God. The Bible says in His presence is fullness of what? Joy. Joy. And so we're missing out when we bypass personal connection with the Almighty. And so today's message is simply, are you connecting with God? And there's a vast difference between sending an email or text message and having real face-to-face communication. But we live in a technologically uh, uh, challenged society, I suppose, where we're losing something of personal interaction. I'm really concerned about the generation that's being raised right now. That they do not have the skills of interpersonal relationships. All they have is something they're facing a screen. And, And I think they're missing something. And I want to talk about why it's important. The importance of personal connection, and not just with one another, but I'm going to make an application and talk about our personal connection with God. Amen. So let's start with with us. The fact is that we are born with the need to connect face-to-face with others. A baby infant in a mother's arms learns uh, to... Uh, to function because of that face-to-face 
interaction. They learn to coo. Their eyes are looking. They're, they're checking out their mother's face. They learn to laugh. They learn to smile. They learn to make funny noises <laughs> because you are helping them to learn to talk. And eventually they'll learn to talk and that you can understand them. Uh, human beings, we all want to be understood, we want to be heard, we want to connect personally with others. It's something that makes us different than the animal kingdom. Our relationships with other human beings are based on really a need to connect with others. Do you remember in the Garden of, uh, of course you weren't there, the Garden of Eden at Corinth. Uh, now, Danny may have been there, I don't know. And uh, Adam, Adam was created, and, and the Lord made man, and, and you know, up to that point, he, everything was good, but there was one thing that God said, this is not good. And it was that man was what? Man was alone. He didn't have a helpmate, didn't have a partner. And so the Lord, even God recognized the fact that man needs to be connected with other human beings. Now, when we talk about connection... Making a connection, it's more than just our words that we're talking about. Connection is more than words. It may be a look. It may be, I was walking my dog around the block, and I met a stranger I did not know. And for a moment, I just... Nodded my head and smiled. And they nodded back. They smiled back. We had a connection. A face-to-face encounter. Amen. And it could be, we never said a word. Never said a word. Amen. And uh, uh, sometimes, as a matter of fact, I'm reminded of the wife who was talking in the kitchen. Her husband was seated at the breakfast table reading the newspaper. You've, You've heard it before. And she's talking and talking, and all of a sudden, there's silence. And she says, are you going to answer me or not? And he said, I did. She said, well, I didn't hear you. He said, well, I shook my head, no. She said, well, pardon me, I didn't hear the rattle. And so a lot of our connecting, if you will, it may not be through words. It may be through gestures and so forth. Uh, Some people, you can tell by looking. Just looking at their face. They're telling you a story. And most communication doesn't even happen with words, but they happen through our body language. The rolling of eyes from a young person. Tells you something. Or the larger percentage of communication actually happens, if you will, through facial expressions, through gestures, and the tone of your voice. Now, you can say, I'm not mad. Those words. And the tone of your voice will change the meaning of that phrase. Right? I'm not mad. Okay, moving on. So basically, most 
of our connection, most of our communication, is nonverbal. We're wired that way. And that's why texting and emailing and written forms of communication tends to be the most misunderstood form of communication. Have you ever had an email misunderstood? Or a text message misunderstood? Or you misunderstood one? Oh, absolutely. When I was going to graduate school, and I I attended uh, several of those, but uh, uh, we were in seminary, and one of the professors said, you know, one of our favorite sayings around here amongst the professors is simply this, Oh, that mine enemy would write a book. Oh, that mine enemy would write a book. Because it can be misunderstood. It can be taken out of context. It can be misquoted. And it was just an acknowledgement of the fact that so often our words are a poor form of communication. So be careful with your words, and especially be careful with those emails you send out and text messages. Amen. Have you ever had to rewrite one of those before you press send? Oh, I have, and I've, been, I've made a few mistakes a few times and regretted it. Amen. If I would have just listened to that Holy Spirit check in my voice, it would have saved me a lot of grief. Amen. And so be careful with your words. Realize the importance of face-to-face contact, face-to-face communication, if you will, with the other person for real, true, barrier-breaking-down communication to take place. And realize that so much of what we say is the tone of our voice, our gestures, our body language, our facial expressions. And then, then and only then that when we get to that face-to-face time, do we really, are we assured that we're communicating effectively. Amen. Now, I've said all that to say this. I'm going to make the jump now into a spiritual realm. Just as connection with others is lost through... Superficial transmissions of words alone, texting, email, whatever it is. I believe that this is also true in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm. True connection with God is lost without seriously approaching the throne of grace and seeking God's face. We want His arm. The right arm of God's strength. God, come right now and intervene in this situation, right? We want God's deliverance. Oh God, set this person free. In Jesus, we've got to add in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And those are powerful words. And you can have faith and you can believe. But friends, we are losing something when we bypass connecting with the face of God. Listen to what the Lord says to us regarding the significance of connecting with Him face to face. Here are several passages of Scripture. King James says, 1 Chronicles 16, 11, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Same verse in IV. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His Face always. Second Chronicles 7.14. Very familiar passage to us. 
Solomon is writing this to the people at, I believe, the dedication of the temple. And, and, and God spoke to him and said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and notice this phrase, and what? Seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Psalms 27, David was talking to the Lord. And he says, God, when thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, my face, Lord, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Solomon writes in Proverbs 7, verse 15, Therefore I came forth to meet thee diligently, To seek thy face, and I have found thee. Are you getting a picture here of how important it is that we seek the face of God? Amen, absolutely. I think it's important for us to actually come into the presence of God by seeking His face. How do we do that? In worship. In worship. We're worshiping Him, and we're not coming with a petition, a text message, an email message of all the things listed that we want God to do for us. No, we're just coming to seek His face. We're coming to worship the Lord. We're just coming to encounter Him. I just want to be where you are, Lord. Amen. Praise God. And so I'm asking you the question today, when you pray, are you really connecting with God with His face? And friends, if you aren't, then you're not connecting with His presence. And we are missing out. We're missing out. Psalm 16, 11, I mentioned it earlier. It says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we miss out on the joy of His presence when we bypass the intimacy of face-to-face time with God. Amen. Now let's talk about the problem of disconnection for a moment. And then we'll talk about connection. Now, the problem of disconnect, the other day I was calling my mother, and I do that quite frequently, almost every day I call my mom, she lives in Oklahoma, she's retired and, and living in an independent living, and I just call her just to find, what did you do today, what did you eat, you know, we don't have a long list of things that we're talking about that are exciting when you're almost 90 years old, I mean, you got up, praise the Lord, you walked down the hall, that's great mom. And uh, But we're just talking and, and sharing a, a, about life. And in the middle of that, my phone went dead. I mean, mine was still alive, but hers died. And I'm talking and talking and nothing's, I'm not getting any response. You ever done that? You ever talk to somebody and the phone, got dro- the phone call got dropped? And there was a disconnection problem. Now, I don't know. Generally, mom doesn't charge her phone, her battery, and it, it dies after a while. And that happens quite frequently. Very frustrating to her son. And, uh, but we're dealing with that. Amen. And uh, so what's the point you're trying to make, Pastor Marcus? The point is that... Uh, there is a point. Amen. Uh, sometimes... We think we're talking to someone, and all of a sudden we realize we're talking to no one. Sometimes we are praying, hello, and we think that we are talking to someone, 
But in reality, there's been a disconnect. Hello? And we are talking to no one. You ever felt like your prayers went up and hit the ceiling, come right back down and hit you in the face? Well, there are times that that happens in our lives. And so there's a problem. The problem is disconnect. Now, in Acts 19 is one of the most familiar and exciting stories in all of your Bible. Every preacher in, that's Pentecostal has preached this. And, uh, but there's some truths I want to unlock from Acts 19. And in this passage, there is a group of seven sons of the Jewish high priest. And they have been commissioned to go as exorcists and to help people who are demonized and to exorcise that demon out of those people. And they apparently have been doing that for some time. And this is the city of Ephesus. Ephesus is present day uh, in the country of Turkey, which would be north of Israel, uh, the, the old Assyrian Empire. But on the coast near Greece is a city of Ephesus. And Paul had been there about two years, and tremendous miracles had taken place in Ephesus. And he had birthed a church. The church was going strong in Ephesus. And great miracles were taking place. People were being healed and, and salvation and all kinds of things and delivered from demons. And, and, and Paul was a central figure in that church for about two and a half years. And our text says in verse 13 that some Jews went around driving out evil spirits. And they tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over whom those were demon possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you, come out. Because that's what they heard. They had seen Paul bring deliverance to people, and he would use the name of Jesus. They said, hey, if it worked for Paul, hey, it worked for us too. And so, that's what they tried. Now, the problem was that these Jews only knew about Jesus. Hello? They didn't know Jesus. There was a disconnect in their relationship with God. They had heard Paul preach. Maybe they had witnessed people who had been delivered from Paul's ministry. And they saw things that had happened. And so they said, you know, if it worked with him, maybe it'll work with us. And so the problem was these Jews had no connection with Christ. And they were disconnected to Jesus. That was the issue. And so, when Jesus was discipling his followers, he taught them how to pray. One day they came to him and they said, well, teach us how to pray. And he taught them how to be connected with God the Father in prayer. And in the formula that he gave them, or the, the lesson in prayer that he gave them, in Matthew 6 is one of those places... In Luke chapter 11 is another one, a parallel passage. But Jesus said, this is how you guys need to pray. Our Father, pray to our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. So worshiping the name, revering the name, honoring the name. So he's teaching them a principle of prayer. 
And so before we ever pray, we should enter into God's presence, Father God's presence, and recognize that He is our Father, that He is our Heavenly Father, and that His name is to be revered and hallowed. Amen. And Jesus did that when He prayed. Outside of the tomb of Lazarus, He said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. In the high priestly prayer of John chapter 17, Jesus said, He looked up toward heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify Your Son that Your Son may glorify You. And so the point is, it was important for Jesus to honor His Father, to connect with His Father before He asked the Lord for uh, intervention, asked the Father for intervention. It was important for the disciples to learn the significance of connecting to the Father and hallowing His name before they said, give us this day our daily bread. And so if it was important to Jesus, and it was important for the disciples, don't you think it might be? Important for us? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So when Jesus prayed, He wasn't just uh, sending an email or a text message of a list of things that He wanted. No, He was seeking a face-to-face encounter to connect with His Father in heaven. Amen. And so connecting with God is not just acknowledging that He exists or that there's some higher supreme being somewhere out there. No, no, no. Friends, it is believing God's Word, believing His character, believing His heart, and confessing your mouth what the Word of God declares before the very face of the living Father Himself. Amen. Now, we could all come up with a list of, these are the things I want. And basically, it's just an email list or a text list, text message list of, of this is my prayer request, Pastor, I need this one, I need that one, I need that. And a lot of times I'll solicit, give me your prayer request, and, and basically you'll give me that list, and we'll pray over those. But unless we're actively pursuing an audience face-to-face with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ, who's making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, in holy reverence and awe of His name, unless we are seeking that connection, basically, our little prayer list that we're sending up amount to no more than probably a text message or an email, if you will, the equivalent of that, uh, giving our list of needs. But on the other hand, if we will connect with God... Hallelujah. Then this wonderful promise is true for us. Then when we pray, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Amen. So in our text, observe, if you will, when they were disconnected, these Jews who had heard about Jesus but didn't know Jesus, when they were disconnected from His presence, guess what? They were also disconnected from His power. And here's our text again. Let's read it again. From Acts 19, verse 13. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Siva... A Jewish chief priest were doing this. 
They knew about the source of power. They knew where deliverance was coming from. They knew it was through the name of Jesus. They knew that. The problem was they weren't connected to Jesus. They were saying, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Paul was the one that was connected to Jesus. Amen? And they were trying to invoke that about Paul. Now, let me mention this. How many of you have understand the way the electric company works? In the sense that if you don't pay your bill, what's going to happen? There's going to be a disconnection. That's right. I heard recently about a tent dweller somewhere downtown Dallas that they had connected a wire to a telephone pole and they'd run this wire and they had free electricity. They were getting their connection kind of a... And I've heard about people that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't pay their bill or they didn't, you know, they forgot to pay their bill and their electricity got shut off and they have actually run an extension cord over to their neighbor's house and plugged it in in an outside plug-in and they were getting power to their house through the extension cord and they were robbing the power from the neighbor because they were disconnected. Now, friends, the seven sons of Siva, they had an opportunity to get connected with power. They had an opportunity to hear the gospel message of Jesus, to receive Jesus in the heart. But instead, they tried to get their power by running an extension cord over to Paul. And they plugged into the power that Paul was receiving from the Lord. Paul was connected to the power source. Hello? And they were trying to rob someone else's connection. And friends, I've got a word for you. You can't get through to victory on somebody else's connection. Amen. You need to get your own connection to the power source. Now, look at the problems caused from being spiritually disconnected. In this passage, they said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out of him. And that evil spirit answered back to those seven sons of Siva. And he said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, the evil spirit has now taken control over that situation. And he is the one that's doing the talking. He is the one that says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, and then he's the one that's asking the questions, Who are you? And he confronts them with their problem. And the problem was, they didn't know Jesus. And so the demon now is exercising authority over them because he overpowers them, and he prevails against them. The Greek word for overpower in this passage is a long word, and I'm going to try to forget the word, just here's the point. It means to lord over, to lord over. And so that demon took control and lorded over them, and secondly, he prevailed, and he exercised physical force upon them. And so the demon exercised lordship, authority over them, and exercised physical force upon them. You see, 
because there was no spiritual connection between these individuals, these spiritual imposters, if you will, there was no spiritual connection between these spiritual imposters and the Father in heaven. They are the ones who became the oppressed. Now friends, when you're not entering the presence of God, when you're not coming face to face with the Heavenly Father, and then you pray and you invoke the name of Jesus at the end of your prayer, you're no better off than these Jewish imposters who did the same thing. And it may be you're trying to make something happen by invoking the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. But without first being in the presence of God and connecting with God and standing on the authority given to you, we're going to be in trouble. We've got to get connected to the source of power first. Because He is our source of power over the enemy. Amen. Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and to scorpions and to overcome the power, all of the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And then he goes on to say, however, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. You have authority over the spirits. Don't rejoice over that. Rather rejoice that your names are written down in heaven. In other words, use the authority that I have given you But don't rejoice because of the authority given you. Rather rejoice in the fact that you have connected to the Father in heaven through Jesus His Son. And as a result, your names are written down in heaven. Rejoice because you're connected. And your names are written. Don't rejoice over the authority that... So there are major problems when a disconnection to a power source arises. Now let's move to the heart of the message. Let's talk about the power connection for just a moment. Now, God was amazing. Notice what Luke says. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Now, who was doing the working? Who was doing the miracle working power? God was doing the working. God was doing the miracles. He was just using Paul. Why was he using Paul? Paul was connected. Paul was connected to him. Amen. And so, and then he talks about the unusual miracle, verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs and aprons that touched Paul, the anointed man, they would take those to the sick, and Scripture says their illnesses were cured Now, look, I worked hard at getting that in there. Look at that. Okay, let's just stick that dude back in there. Puff it up. Praise God. Jadon George, he taught me that. Amen. (laughs) And notice what happened. Their illnesses were cured. The evil spirits left them. And isn't that interesting? And that's not put in the Bible just for televangelists. Hello? That if you'll send me $100, I'll send you this anointed cloth. Right? You ever heard that? Sure you have. Sure you have. I do believe and, and uh, in, the, in anointing items. As a matter of fact, furniture was anointed in the Old Testament. They would anoint furniture to be used uh, in the house of the Lord. 
And I've prayed over uh, prayer, prayer cloths before. I know Danny has for sure. And anointed those things and prayed and carried those to a sick person who was unable to come. And, and, and many people have testified of healing through this, this, these items that were anointed. And it was, it was an extraordinary miracle that was taking place. Praise God. And uh, I've been actually called to anoint a few houses in my day. I remember when an individual, they, they bought a trailer house and they were going to move in. It was used and, and they were very concerned about the people who had lived in that trailer house before. And they didn't want anything of a spiritual nature to be left there. They wanted a cleansing of that house. Amen. They called the pastor. And I, I don't remember who came with him. I'd have been Sister Long or somebody else. We took a big bottle of that, of that anointing oil. Man, we went from room to room, door to door. We prayed over that place. We sanctified that place. We cast out every evil spirit that could ever have been there. Amen. And, and it worked. Amen. They didn't have any bad dreams or anything. They didn't see moving furniture or lights flickering or anything. Yeah, I mean, it was cleansed. Amen. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is, is that uh, Paul was so visibly disconnected from the world... And he was so connected to God, basically, that anything that he came in contact with, that anointing was transferred to that item for a while. And it became a point of faith for others to believe for their healing. Praise God. In verse 11, let me go back, and I need to move quickly now. It says, God did the extraordinary miracle. See, and Luke makes it a point. He made very clear God was the one that was doing the work. He was just doing it through Paul. Why was he doing that? Because Paul was connected. Paul was doing more than just sending the equivalent of a text message to God or an email message to God, listing all the needs. No, he was connecting face to face with God. And as a result, he was connected to God, to the power source, and God was able to flow through him. And observe the results now, as we bring this message toward a close. Observe the results of being connected. The Word of God spread, and there was an increase in power. An increase in power. Verse 17 says, when this became known, this what? The extraordinary miracles came known? Yes. And the incident with the uh, seven sons of Siva and, and getting beat up by the demonized man, when that became known, then the Jews, the non-Christians, and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together, their witchcraft books, in other words, and they had a public bonfire. They burned them publicly. And when they calculated the value of the scrolls, it came to 50,000 drachmas. And in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Praise God. And so that's what's happening here. And notice this word that's used... Uh, spread widely, grew in power. It's the word oxano, and it literally means to grow in intensity. To grow in intensity. So the question is, what made the word spread and grow in intensity and in power? 
Friends, it was Paul's connection through the heavenly realms with God and God's power was working through him because of it. And so the point is, if you want to increase the level of God's power in your life, hello, it is imperative that you make sure that you are not disconnected with the source of power. You need to be connected to the power source. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, I'm stopping right there with that. The musicians are coming. How many of you really want to get connected to the power source? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We like to talk about the importance of confession, and how, and it is true. You need to confess God's Word over you. But the problem in this story is that these seven Jewish sons of the priest were trying to do a good work for God. And actually, what they were saying was right. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul is preaching, amen, come out of him. There's nothing wrong with their confession. They had the right confession. Their problem was a connection problem. And if we are going to grow with God... Amen. Then we're going to have to stay connected to the Lord. And it didn't work out for them very well. And so the point is, we have to spend our time connecting with God. I call it FaceTime. FaceTime. We need to spend FaceTime with God. And don't just do this all the time and get your list and, Lord, I need this, this, this. No, no, no. Put that down. Amen. Turn on some good worship music. Hello. Get in the presence of God and just love God. Fall in love with Jesus and just open up your heart to God. And you know what will happen is you're going to get connected to the Lord. Amen. If we're going to grow spiritually, it's imperative that we come into the presence of God ourselves. I can't depend upon the connection of a Sister Long to get me through. Or the connection of a Barbara Miskell, because she's in heaven now. Amen. I need my own connection. I need my own connection with the Lord. Amen. Friends, we've got to get connected to the power source ourselves. And then, because of our own personal connection... That miracle working power of God that flowed through Paul will also be flowing through you. Oh, praise God. When we talk about God's unlimited power, and this is my last verse. I absolutely, I promise you, this is it. I'm ending. That's it. It talks about God's unlimited power. Unto Him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly Above all that we ask or think. Unlimited power. But notice what it says. It's according to the power that works in us. That's where the problem is. We've got to get connected to the source of power ourselves. Amen. You receive that today? Praise God. Amen. We're going to open up our hearts for a few moments. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into the, the Holy of Holies and connect. That's our goal today. We just want to connect. I want to connect with you, Father. I want to connect with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me, congregation? Praise God. 
Artie's going to lead us. Open up your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. This is where the power is going to come in. This is the source of your power. Connecting with God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I stand. I stand. I stand. I stand in love. Oh.